Welcome to the Encourager Podcast, helping women laugh in the face of their discouragement one episode at a time. I'm your host, Kaylin Pullen. This podcast has a hefty dose of humor, a sprinkle of sass, and a truckload of relatability. I'm your co-captain ready to sail alongside you through the turbulent waters of being a woman in today's world. Each week, I'm going to dive into topics like the joy and chaos of motherhood, the romantic roller coaster of marriage, the drama of friendships, the soap operas of family, and how to navigate every part of this dirt road, pothole-filled journey called life without losing our sanity or ourselves. If your life is a perpetually flawless Instagram feed, your children are mini Gandhis who never dare bicker, your marriage is a ceaseless honeymoon where disagreements dare not tread, and everything you lay your hands on turns to gold, I hate to break it to you, honey, but this podcast might not be your cup of tea. But for the rest of us mere mortals navigating the messiness of life with a prayer on our lips and concealer on our dark circles, this is a place where chaos is cherished. Mishaps are celebrated and struggles are toasted to. I'm here to acknowledge that perfection is as mythical as a unicorn doing the cha-cha. This is for us ladies that have beds left unmade, dishes piling up in the sink, text messages left on red, and children who've mastered the art of testing our patience. This is for the ladies who are trying our best, but we're falling short, trying to be kind, but still losing our temper, want to raise our kids right, but run out of patience to deal with them on most days. And we think loving ourselves is a great thought, but we find ourselves comparing everywhere we go. We want to have a rom-com style marriage, but the smallest things set us off like a bottle rocket. And we're dealing with all the other imperfections that don't meet the status quo of being the perfect wife, mom, or woman. If that's you, you're in the right place. I'm here to tell you, you can get up off the couch, turn that cloud above your head into sunshine, and learn to love yourself and your life again, no matter the season you're in. But don't worry, it's not all serious chats and sob stories. Expect plenty of laughter, unexpected life hacks, and ridiculously funny tales of womanhood mishaps that make you say, OMG, me too. So think of me as your favorite, slightly inappropriate, reality check girlfriend who happens to have a mic and a Bible in hand. If you need courage to conquer your biggest fears, comfort to soothe your darkest moments, and strength to push through your toughest days when life's throwing you why me curveballs, a sprinkle of hope, a flood of prayer, and the word is your wellspring turns them into hold my halo and watch this triumphs. The Encourager podcast is not just a show, it's a sisterhood. It's that riotous girls night in where the fun is endless, the laughter is infectious, and the support is rock solid. It's where superwomen come to refill their cups, straighten their crowns, and be reminded that you're stronger than you ever imagined. So grab your headphones, turn the volume louder than the kids' screams, and join me for a relatable session of empowerment, encouragement, and a whole lot of amen. Welcome to the Encourager Podcast. Good morning, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of the Encourager Podcast. Oh, I just shook my table. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is at the table. Everything went shaky. I say good morning because it is like 6 30 in the morning here. I got about 5 30 film this podcast because like I said, I have no idea when I'm going to be able to film these and get these dropped. And I wasn't feeling good earlier this week. So I didn't get it done when I was expecting to. So here I am now and this podcast is supposed to launch today. So we'll see how this goes. Like I said, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants over here. But today I want to talk about a really personal topic for most of us ladies, okay, that most women I see stumble on. I've stumbled on myself. I've worked with hundreds of thousands of women. This was always such a huge issue, and that is knowing your worth when it comes to two things, two parts of this, which is um, understanding your worth and loving your body. 
like your self-image, your body talk, your mindset, your talks, and replacing those negative self-talk, that negative self-talk with positive affirmations. And when I talk about knowing your worth, I feel like for most women, the number one thing that I saw of all these years with working with women and weight loss, it was all there was always so much issue around the body image, about love. The, it almost it, it seemed impossible that ladies would ever be able to love themselves. And what's funny is our tagline was helping women lose weight and love themselves. And we always it sounds better that way. Like instead of saying helping women love themselves and lose weight, like it just rolls off the tongue better. It was always a thing for me of of making sure that loving themselves was in there because I've been to both ends of the spectrum, right? My worth over these years has been so wrapped into body image, whether it's when I was younger and super overweight or when I was 9% body fat. And it just, I got out of control of wrapping everything into identity. And this is something that I really struggled with. So I want to talk to you ladies about it today because you are worth so much more than what your body looks like or weighs or your pant size is or what your hair looks like. And so I just, I want to hit on these two things today. And so I want to start with the first theme, which is knowing your worth, understanding what your actual worth is. Your worth is not determined by physical appearance or the number on a scale or the size of a tag on your dress or for some of you out there, your achievements. Your worth is not wrapped with any of those things. And we can get lost from that, though. If you're someone like me that's a high achiever, when I'm not achieving, I feel like I don't know who I am. I feel like the sky is falling. I feel like if I'm not winning, and it doesn't, and not just mean if I'm not winning by being not meaning like I have to dominate everything, like I have to win or I'm not happy. That's not what I mean. It, it means it's I wrap achievement through sports and academics, and it was always a part of me that I was the achiever. I was one of the top of my class. I was one of the best on the team. I was one of the best in the county. I was one of the, our team's one of the best in the state. And so it was always wrapped so in achievement that it doesn't just come to body image, but what is the thing that you're wrapping your worth around? Is your worth wrapped in you being a mom or is it wrapped in you being a spouse? What are those things that you're using as your identity? That's more than just Kaylin, right? Wrapping my worth up in something that I do not who I actually am. And that was the problem. And I struggled with this really hardcore, just a glimpse into oh, my life here for a second, because I guess I'm just like spilling my tea with everyone nowadays. But I struggled with this really hardcore. At first, when high school, it was all my worth was all academics and athletics, like I said, and I was the straight A student, never even got a B. In high school, I was top, top, right? I didn't get valedictorian. I didn't, but it is what it is. I also played sports year-round and club and AU and all those things. But I never got a B, right? And so when my, my worth was all wrapped in those achievements, it was a very hard wake-up call for me when I went to college. And I went from never having a B to I went to a very hard liberal arts college in southern Indiana. It's called Hanover College. And it's extremely difficult. Like our, our business program, that's an undergrad program. <laughs> That's an undergrad program. MBA programs come and model that program off of. And so not only was I getting a degree in communication and a minor in art history, a weird little fun fact about me, okay? I'm like an art history nerd. That's why it was a, such a big deal when I went to Italy and why I want to go to Greece so bad. Maybe I'll make it there one day. But I was I had my own major, but then the business program, the business scholars program was 
also undergrad. So it's almost like I was getting two degrees at the exact same time. It'd be like being an MBA, like going to business school and going to your undergrad at the same exact time. And it was very difficult on me when I was getting C's and for the first time in my life. And on top of that, I was a super athlete. It's all I had known. I was born in I was born in Kentucky and then raised on a farm in Indiana. I was playing basketball from the time I remember I was the only fourth grader that made the the elementary school team. But basketball was my identity since elementary school. And it's what I did every day. Every day I did it. Year round, I would literally leave my middle school practices to go to a U practice at night. So I would get out of school. I would practice for two hours with my school team through high school. I did this for the entire entire season and, and most of the year, no matter what sport I was in. And I would leave my, my school and then I would go to my AU practice at seven. And I practiced from seven to nine for my AU team. And this was every single day for years and years until my senior year. I ended up the day before sectional my senior year and we we're favorited and we we're a great ball club. We were the one of the we were one of the smallest high schools in the state, meaning we we're a single A school, and we could take down big teams. And so we we're really highly favored. The day before sectional my senior year, I tore my ACL, and so I thought my path for me was going to college to play basketball, and that was taken away in a second. So when athletics ended up going away, I didn't know who I was either because my worth was totally wrapped up in those achievements of who I was. I have X amount of three-pointers and assist awards and all of these things, all conference, winning championships, all that stuff. My worth was so wrapped up in basketball that when I tore my ACL and I couldn't play basketball anymore and the doctor literally told me, hey, like you could go on and play basketball again. You could go on and go to college and play but your knee is, you're just going to end up retearing it. Then it's just going to cause you like a lot of problems later in life. And so I came to a fork in the road moment where I said, okay, what is life after you? Okay. So say I did go through this, go through this process and, and recover and go play basketball to college. What if I did that? Like what happens after college? Then like, I'm not going to go to the WNBA. You know what I mean? And so I came to a fork in the road moment where I was like, this is part of my identity, part of my worth, everything that I've wrapped my entire life around up until this point. Like the number one thing that was most important to me, having to give that up and say and separate it from my identity and say, you know what, like I've only a basketball player is what I was known for my entire life. And now I'm going to I'm going to hand this over and it's not going to be part of my identity anymore. And I'm going to go to college and play softball instead because the doctor said, dirt's easier on your knees. You're an all-conference softball player too. Like, why don't you do that? There's not a lot of sprinting type of movement. There, I don't get a lot of ACL tears from softball players. From basketball players, I get two, three, four, and they're, that's a choice they make. And their life will never be the same 30 years from now. They won't be walking. They'll be having all kinds of knee replacements and stuff still. And it'll be their 10th surgery. And I was just like, man, I guess this is something I got to go with. But at the time, it was literally like cutting off an arm for me. Actually, I would say more like both of my legs because I would say it was my number one thing. It was who I truly was. And my worth was all wrapped up in that. So when that was gone and I'm laying in the bed taking these pain pills from a knee surgery that I just had, like my life was over. I did not know who I was. I'm 18 years old and my life is over. And it was really sad and a very hard time for me. And I think that was the first time I experienced, even before the grades thing that happened in college, but the first time I really experienced my identity being ripped away from me like that and realizing like, wow, 
I've put all of my eggs of who I am in this basket over here. And once now that I've lost that thing, I'm lost. I don't know where to go. I don't know what I'm doing. And so it's very important here to start to analyze for yourself. What do you have your identity wrapped up in? Maybe it's your kids, right? And one day when they leave the nest, what do you look like after that? What, how does your worth feel after that? If you've so wrapped up your identity and your children and your job is to raise them up, train them in the way that they should go and let them fly the nest, just like you did at some point, then when those children go, do you have an identity outside of mom, of things that you're doing for yourself, of who you are, of your hobbies, of your relationships, right? Or maybe it's your career. Here's your career and you're so wrapped up in this career and that it's your identity and who you are. Say you're a lawyer or say you're an entrepreneur, right? And your identity is so wrapped up in being an entrepreneur or being a lawyer or being a senior manager that if that went away all of a sudden, would you know who you are? And it's an interesting question, right? (laughs) It's an interesting question. As you're mulling on that, after the sports and after the academics, I had started gaining a lot of weight after my dad passed away when I was 16. I started gaining a lot of weight. And as I went to college, it never really was a problem so much in high school because I was so athletic that it was just like, oh, I was like the chunky, stocky one in high school, like the five foot two, 150 pound point guard and third baseman. So it wasn't really a problem because playing sports, it's I never really thought about it. And as I went into college, I realized after basketball had went away and I was just kind of me chilling, hanging out, eating all the time. I started gaining a lot of weight from that freaking all you can eat buffet three times a day at my college. And as I started gaining weight, I really started having these thoughts of, oh my gosh, no one's going to tr- ever think I'm beautiful. All of my freaking roommates that I live with are all super freaking hot, like size twos and sixes, really athletic, all volleyball players. Volleyball players, they got like the best body. They're tall and skinny. They got really good butts. And so I was in this like comparison game at that time. And I just kept my worth was being wrapped up in my weight and the size of my body and my weight at this point. And because I was always comparing to them, I was always seeing how guys looked at them. And I was just like, man, I'll never have that. No one will ever look at me that way. And then after I think it was my senior year of college, I think between my junior and senior year of college, I lost a lot of weight. I think at that point during that summer, I lost 30 pounds going back into school. I was working for Frito-Lay at the time in an internship that I had gotten through the college and they only picked one in the entire state and it was me. And so I had to do a lot of sweat work. Like I was riding on the trucks with these guys. I was stocking those shelves at your local Walmart that you walk into and they're all perfectly, we call it laced bags, where you walk into the chip aisle and all the Frito-Lay bags are staring at you. If you never noticed that, like that is done on purpose. We literally lace uh, the bags to where the right corner so if you're looking at the aisle, the right corner is behind the bag in front of it and or beside it. And then the left corner is poked out into the aisle way. So it looks when you walk into the aisle, every chip bag is staring at you. And Frito-Lay is the only one that actually stocks their own chips at Walmart, Target, gas stations. Like at most of them, the actual workers there will go stock the bags and replenish the shelves and do the inventory and stuff. But Frito-Lay does it themselves. For little things like this. So I was like here at these stores at four o'clock or sometimes three in the morning before people were there doing all this hands and knees, huge boxes, huge carts, like 
100 pound boxes of salsa (laughs) that I'm putting up on these shelves. And so anyway, I lost a lot of weight between those two school years and coming back. Okay, I I continue to progress forward and work out and I end up losing 65 pounds after I graduated. And this was over like a two year period. I lost the first like 30 pounds that summer, then just continued on and gained some back that year. And so anyway, then I went to this progression of after losing the weight, decided, hey, when I say I lost 65 pounds in the and how it actually happened was I lost that 65 pounds over seven months after I lost the 30 and gained it back when I went back to school because all you can eat buffets. And I would say the first time I was definitely doing that wrong. I was like going to the local supplement store and taking a bunch of fat burners and all this kind of crazy stuff. So even though it was like this two year progression of losing that weight, when I actually started doing it the right way and like working out every day and eating healthy and I was having to walk into class with a shake for breakfast, I ended up losing that 65 pounds in seven months. And after that, I decided to get my IFBB Pro card. If you don't know what that is, I'm sure you've seen the really freaking ripped chicks on social media, the ones, not the ones with the cute little bikinis and they're on stage like super tan, but I mean like the ones that are like not the bodybuilding super muscular ones that kind of look very well, I'm just going to say I look like a man, but I'm the the middle in between class where it's between the cute bikini girls and the huge bodybuilders, <laughs> the very muscular but not bikini. Um, competed in my first show, just decided I was going to challenge myself and, and do the next thing, compete in my first show. And um, I was shredded, you guys. I'm talking 9% body fat, shredded, shredded guys walk around at 9% body fat. And that's where I was at. And I remember after I won my pro card, I actually set a world record for the fastest IPU pro card, meaning I won my qualifying show. I won the overall, my very first show, you guys. Like I won my class and then I won the overall, meaning I beat everyone of every height class at my first show. I got a bid to nationals. Everyone told me, don't go. It's a waste of your time. It's super political. And I went anyway because I was like, somebody's got to win. Might as well be me, right? Might as well be me. (laughs) And so I, I did and I ended up winning, got my pro card. I didn't even submit the stuff to actually go through it because I was like, I don't, I want to go help women lose weight. I don't really care about this fitness thing. I did it, won the thing and I'm good. I'm done. I'm not doing this no more. I'm not doing tiny little bottle caps of water for two days before a show again. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing no carbs for 40 weeks or something crazy. And so I remember two days after that show, after I finally had food and water, actual water not I literally had to sip it out of the bottle cap you know the Nestle bottles the little not even a real bottle cap or like those little half freaking like sliver of a bottle cap like I had to sip water out of a bottle cap like that two days before my show that's all the water I could have and so if I needed water I felt like I was about to die all I could do was sip a tiny bottle cap of water plus I had to take a diuretic that got rid of all the water in my body it's crazy stuff you guys crazy stuff and so I literally Remember two days after, and I'd had maybe a fourth of a slice of pizza the night after my show and tried to drink a Coke. I threw it up everywhere because I wasn't used to having carbonation in my stomach and that much sugar. I couldn't even, I, I talked to Big Game. I'm going to go, it was, my show was in Chicago. So I was like, I'm going to go eat a big old Chicago pizza and I'm going to freaking light that thing up. I'm going to eat the whole thing. And I swear to you, I probably ate four bites because I hadn't had carbs in so long that I couldn't even put it in my stomach. <laughs> And so the, my, again, like my body, my my worth was wrapped in this body image. And I remember two days after still having a six pack, looking in the mirror, I'd finally had food and water. And I'm talking like, it's not like I gained even, I, I probably gained a pound, like a pound, uh, 
And I remember looking in the mirror and being like, oh my gosh, my abs aren't as defined as they were. Like, I'm, I don't have veins on my abs right now. And thinking like, oh my God, I'm fat again. And now looking back after I had two kids, it was so dead serious, you guys. Like, so dead serious that I literally was like, oh my gosh, I can't work out of my sports bra today because everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, look how much weight she gained. That's how stupid it was. And now looking back after having two kids and the things that I would say to myself when I was that freaking ripped are so stupid. You guys ever think that? You see a picture of you on Facebook, like on the beach or something 10 years ago, and you're like... Man, I remember thinking I was fat in this picture and look how good I look, right? Like you ever do that? It, that's totally how it is. And after that show, I ended up gaining 40 pounds. Everyone was making jokes. I'd put carbs back into my diet for the first time. So my body was adjusting to everything. I had huge hormonal issues because I had been like I was allowed like eight carbs a day and I got those all from spinach. You guys, this is serious. Okay, this is serious stuff here. All from spinach. Can you imagine? That's all you get. And everything else was tuna packets and freaking the driest chicken you've ever had. Because I wasn't even allowed to have sauces. I had to grill this chicken up on the grill with 8 million pounds of pepper because I couldn't have salt. It was awful. And Mrs. Dash. Yeah, pepper and Mrs. Dash, pretty much the lemon pepper Mrs. Dash. That I can't even, it's hard for me to still eat chicken to this day. And I would eat tilapia out of baggies. Isn't that disgusting? I would cook up tilapia on the grill and put it in a baggie. And if tilapia, you put it in the fridge for a little bit and then gets that jelly under it. I'm talking, I used to microwave baggies of tilapia. This is how insane I was psychotic. So after I literally started putting carbs back in, it was just simple things like sweet potatoes and oatmeal and a little bit. I ended up gaining 40 pounds and everyone started making comments that they thought I was pregnant that I, they couldn't believe how fast I'd let myself go. My body was the achievement for me then. It was the worth then, right? Before it was like, oh, I don't have a body good enough when I was on the other end of the spectrum and overweight. And then at this end of the spectrum, I was like the freaking rippest girl that you've ever seen. It'd blow your mind. And, and now it was like my worth was wrapped up in my freaking six pack and the veins that you could see on my six pack and my brachial vein that you could see up my bicep. And it's so wrapped up there that after I started gaining weight, when I was losing that body, I literally was feeling worthless and embarrassed and ashamed. Like it didn't help that I had followers at the time. I probably had, I don't know, 25,000 followers on Instagram or something. And it didn't help that all of them were calling me out and calling like, how did you get so fat so fast? And what happened to you? And it looks like every day is cheat day. And Looks like you swallowed a chipmunk. Just the craziest, most hurtful things. And when I didn't have that worth that was wrapped up in my body because I didn't have the body anymore, then it was like, again, I went through this whole process. For an entire year, I just didn't know what to do with myself. I was still working out every day. I was training now twice a day. And I just hormonally, I couldn't get my body back to where it was because I just destroyed my body for the last, what, like seven months. I destroyed my body and how I was feeding it. And that's why I'm such a huge advocate if you guys were ever lady bosses about don't ever get rid of food groups because it just comes back to destroy you in the end. And it didn't help that the followers were, were saying that. And so for a year, I just really struggled my weight, my identity, my worth because it's all wrapped up in this body image. And I thought if I didn't have the body, I didn't have anything. And it so wasn't true, right? So I ended up losing that weight after a while. After my hormones all straightened out, I started eating healthy again, eating all the food eating all the macros again. I was having protein and fats and carbs 
Oh, by the way, I wasn't allowed to have fats either. I was only allowed to have one tablespoon of peanut butter two times a week. Yeah, that's it. And I could have a fourth of a cup. You guys know how small a fourth of a cup is? Fourth of a cup of rice one time a week. Okay. So that's where I was at. And so after I got my body re-straightened out and I lost the weight and I got back to great shape. And then my friend, and then I ended up losing that weight. And then I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> I found out I was pregnant. And my first reaction when I found out what I was pregnant was literally I bawled my eyes out. I bawled my eyes out crying, not because I was happy. Brandon jumped up on the counter in our kitchen and was like, yeah, the fruit of my loins. That's like the exact quote. Like he was stoked and I was crying. He was like, why are you so upset? And I was like, the reason I told him, I said, I don't want to lose my body again. Because my my body, my worth was so wrapped up in that body image that I worked so hard to get back and be at like having my little light six pack that still looked healthy. And I was like, I don't want to lose my body again. I don't know if I can come back from this again. I don't know that I don't want to get pregnant because I don't know that I could lose the baby weight after. And that's literally what upset me about being pregnant. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my individuality. I'm going to have this thing to take care of like all the normal things that would go through your head it was literally like I don't want to be pregnant because of this selfish reason of I'm not sure if I can get this body back I just got this body back like how could this happen to me but what I didn't see coming is that pregnancy actually it honestly healed me it healed me of a lot of things like I saw what God created my body to do and how could I ever feel ashamed of that after like, you feel like a little baby's like feet moving around in your stomach, oh my gosh, you're just like, wow, now I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. And so after going through a pregnancy and after feeling that baby in there and like growing a whole baby and having a baby and you're like, oh my gosh, what do we do with this baby? And seeing my body was like God created it to do. Then I was like, oh my gosh, how have I been so stuck on what my body looks like? And what is shown in the mirror and how many abs are showing or how much side roll I got coming over my pants, how much muffin top I can squeeze when I sit down like that. I've been so wrapped up in that I've missed like the miracle that God created my body to do. So how could I ever be ashamed of my body for doing this, of the stretch marks, of the little tiger claws on, on the sides of my legs from gaining and losing weight for so long and going through this pregnancy where my, my all my weight went straight to my legs. It wasn't even my belly. It was in my legs. And for some reason, it drained out of my face and went to my hips. My face was so skinny when I was pregnant. It was so weird. I'm like, where did, where did my cheeks go? But it went down to my, the side, my freaking, what do you call these? Saddlebags. It went down to my saddlebags. No lie. And so after seeing that, I really started looking and saying, if this is what God created my body to do, then what else does God say about me? And I started looking into what does God say about me instead of my own thoughts, instead of the own things I want to say to myself. I started letting his word become the foundation of my identity instead of my body image. And the reason I tell you guys all these stories, and I'm sure you can think of those seasons that you were your worth was wrapped up in something. Maybe it was achievement. Maybe it was a career. Maybe it was it's being a mom. Maybe it was your weight. Maybe it was different uh, achievements that you have, or maybe it was relationships that you had. Your identity is so wrapped up in there that when that thing is gone, like you feel worthless, like you don't have any worth anymore because that is the thing that you like were known for. 
and even with Lady Boss, it's I was the Lady Boss, the Lady Boss. And so when we exited that company and I wasn't the Lady Boss anymore, it's who was I? I went through it all over again in a different way. And so I just want to drill this in here because the Bible says like our worth is intrinsic, right? It's endowed by our creator. And so Psalm 139, 14 tells us, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And so I started standing on that of I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am unique. God has made me perfect in his image. When he looks at me, He thinks that I'm perfect. And so how can I start to see myself through the way that God sees me instead of the way that Kaylin sees me? Instead of the thing that I'm seeing in the mirror, this discouragement that I'm feeling because I've gained 20 pounds or because I've never really lost the baby weight after my second kid. Instead of looking in the mirror and thinking all those things, how can I stand on what God says about me? And it's crucial to remember that your body is just a vessel, right? It's just a vessel. God created it as women. For us, I don't really, this is not an opinion, this is a fact, but our bodies were made to have babies. Whether you have them or not, or you've decided not to, that's all good. That's all good. But that's why our bodies were created. It's literally what makes us different from men, right? No, no one has come into this earth birthed by someone besides a woman. And I stand on that and women get pregnant, okay? I'm going to say it one time. Women get pregnant, okay? So, For me, our physical appearance is not what defines us. And it took me so long to get to this point of recognizing this. Our our physical appearance goes through seasons of having babies, of not, of busy seasons where maybe we're not eating and we lose weight (laughs) or we gain a bunch of weight in that season because we're eating takeout because we're so busy. Or it goes through seasons of I have time to go to the gym, I have time to work out, I have time to prep meals. And so it's these seasons of life and the physical appearance goes through the seasons, but it's not what defines us. It's our kindness. It's our love. It's our spirit. It's our relationship with God. It's, and we need to start seeing ourselves how God sees us. You are a child of God. He loves you unconditionally, no matter what the scale says, no matter what the size pants you're in, no matter what your hair looks like, no matter if you didn't brush your teeth this morning, God loves you unconditionally. Okay. So when you say in your prayers with stanky breath, He don't care, loves you unconditionally. It's like your child, right? And therefore, we should really strive to love ourselves unconditionally. Like God loves us, whether we have stinky breath or one of our eyelashes falls off and we have to go all day looking all cockeyed like I do sometimes. We have to love ourselves unconditionally and we have to embrace every curve. We have to embrace every stretch mark. We have to embrace every line, every wrinkle, every inch of your body. You have to start seeing that as God sees it and he sees it as perfect. And so when you look in the mirror today, you have to remember you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And there's nothing more beautiful than embracing the truth of who you are in God's eyes. And so when you're struggling with these thoughts, when you're struggling with these things, and I would have those negative thoughts, I would literally say, what does God say about me? When I'd be like, oh, I'm so fat, or these pants don't fit, or I can't believe these don't fit again, I can't believe I've gained weight again, blah, blah, blah. I would literally just stop and be like, how does God see me? What does God think about these pants? And guess what? God loves me no matter what size pants I'm in. (laughs) He still loves me. Yes. Should I strive to want to be healthy? Should I strive to want to be like at the perfect weight for myself where I'm healthy and I have energy and I'm moving and I can run around with my kids. Yes, absolutely. But God doesn't toss you out because you're not, because you don't measure up to a measuring stick, right? That's not how it works. It's not how it works. So start seeing yourself how God sees you, how you're seen in his eyes. I just want to ask you ladies, I want to ask you ladies for a favor. And that is please 
just click the five star review button. You don't have to leave a comment if you don't want to go through that trouble. It takes literally two seconds. Hit the five star review button. It helps me so much on the charts. I don't see this as my podcast. I see this as ours. I see this as a community of women of encouragers who want to be encouraged and also encourage other women because I believe women nowadays, we don't encourage other women. We talk crap behind their back. We gossip. We look at people and people think that we're staring at them and really you're just like, hey, I really like her outfit, but you're too nervous to tell her. And so they think that you're like thinking bad about them. And so there's this whole like bad energy I don't like that word, but there's like this bad energy with women nowadays and how our relationship with one another. And it's like if one woman has something, then we have to knock that down for us to feel better of why, oh, she doesn't eat enough. That she's so skinny because she never eats and she has a problem, right? Instead of just being like good for her. And so I want other women to find this podcast because I want them to find this community of women that are not only here for encouragement, we want to c- encourage one another. And so please take the two seconds, leave me five star review on there it helps so so much with the algorithm and other ladies seeing this because I don't believe this is just about us and keeping this a secret I believe this is going to be a movement of women that we're going to we're going to change the world I, I truly believe that I feel that in my soul okay so it looks like that's all we have time for today I'm trying to keep these short because I know you ladies are busy like me to where you can listen to this while you're folding laundry and they're not hour-long podcasts I'm going to do part two of this of replacing negative self-talk with positive affirmations I'm going to do that in the next episode And before we go, I just want to pray over you ladies about your worth. And I just appreciate you being here. I appreciate your ears. I appreciate you feeding this into your mind because even talking these things out to you about my personal struggles has really helped me overcome a lot in the last week. And last week, this podcast hit number 28 in on Spotify in the Christian category. So thank you, ladies, because that's not me. That's all you guys. That is all you listening. It's your five star review. So I appreciate that so much. Um, I'm going to pray us out and then we'll get on to replacing negative self-talks with positive affirmations in the next part. So thank you, Jesus, so much for these women that are listening here. I thank you that you show them today, God, how you see them, that when they look in the mirror, they see themselves through your eyes of how perfect that you've made them. And they you allow the Holy Spirit to guide them, to show them their worth in you, God, of who they are as a daughter of yours not through their body image, not through their weight, not through their achievements, but who they are and their worth in your eyes and what you've placed them here to do and to be in their purpose. And so we just thank you for loving us unconditionally, no matter what, no matter who we are, if we're winning, if we're failing, if we're overweight or we're underweight or we're struggling as a parent or we're struggling as a wife, uh, we just thank you that no matter what, you're there in this walk with us. And We just thank you for your image of us. We thank you that today when we look in the mirror, we see a new woman. We see a new person. We see us how you see us. And we thank you for always reminding us of that. We thank you for the Holy Spirit coming into our mind and showing us and telling us when we have these thoughts of we're not enough, of we're not worthy, of we're not capable of being loved. We just thank you that no matter what, we have your promise to stand on, that we're made perfect in your image, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made no matter what our achievements look like or our bodies look like that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we thank you for that. And we love you in Jesus name. Amen. I'll see you next time, ladies. I love you. You're so freaking awesome. And I can't wait for the next one. (laughs) I thought I was going to fit it all in on this one. I'm literally must be kidding myself. So, Uh, (laughs) oh my gosh, I'll see you next.